I really want to see what's going to happen if, if it's necessary for Pickett to throw the ball. And like I said, I have no, I have no misconceptions that this is a playoff contender or Super Bowl contender, but I would like to see, you know, what's going to happen in a shootout when he has to put the ball in the air, because what we've seen so far this season, I just don't feel like he's much better today than he was when he came in for Mitch Trubisky. Are the Steelers getting enough in the passing game from rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett? Your thoughts on that coming up, along with Najee Harris. Did he need his teammates to rally around him and kind of spur him on coming out of the bye week? All of that coming up here during the program, but first and foremost. It's the Steelers Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as always by my friend Kurt Popejoy, the managing editor of USA Today's Steelers Wire. Kurt, we haven't chatted since before the bye week, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's always good when you got to going to talk about a win 100% man we got a victory week here to talk about it's been a little while but a few weeks since the Steelers had a win yeah and, and this yeah. is a big one right Mike Tomlin called Sunday's game with the Saints a put up or shut up game you, you get TJ Watt back you know obviously the most important piece of the puzzle we'll talk about him and what do you know you go you beat the Saints handily I, I'm seeing all kinds of Steelers fans on social media they're they're really excited Kurt you know they think the Steelers are now on a path to relevance in the AFC what do you think should, should folks be actually tempering their expectations, or do you think the Steelers are on a path given, you know, the schedule's going to soften up a little bit around some division games here. So do you think, Kurt, that uh, folks should be actually tempering their expectations, or should they be going all in and saying, hey, we're going to turn this thing around and make a run? I think they need to just just be careful. Cautiously optimistic, I think, is probably the best way to say it. Um, I You know, it was the Saints. I mean, the Saints weren't a good football team either. Um Pittsburgh is playing at home, coming off a of bye week, got your best player back. I uh, Take it for what it is. It was a win. It was great. I would say that in the grand scheme of things, you know, the team has three wins on the season. It was probably the third most impressive win of the three for me. Um, but, yeah, let's, you know, the next four weeks is going to tell a lot. You know, they've got two division games in the next four weeks. Um, Bengals this week and then the, the Ravens um, in in four weeks. Let's see where they're at then. You know, they've got that, that Colts game and that Falcons game sandwiched in between those. Uh, obviously, those are both pretty winnable games, even though they're on the road. Um, you know, sitting at three and six right now, I don't know. I, I'd say they've got to win three of those games to really, you know, be six and seven after 13 games would be pretty good. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not ready to, you know, start buying order playoff tickets or anything like that. I, I don't think we need to need to overreact, but that's, that's what Steelers fans do. I mean, that overreaction is what they're good at. So I get it. Be excited about the win. Um, again, I, I, I think it was probably the third most exciting win of the year for me. I think that beating Cincinnati right out of the gate. And I think, the, the win over Tampa was probably both bigger games to me, but you know, the, you can't in this league, you take every win, you know, the, the FC North's kind of a mess. You know, the, the, they beat the Bengals this week and the Ravens lose. And it's a, it'll, it'll all just be kind of congested at that point. So anything's possible, but I'm not, I'm not ready to, to say they turned the season around yet. Yeah. I think the, didn't the, Bengals get blasted by the Browns too a couple of weeks ago. Like yeah. you never know in this division, but you know, I understand yeah. why Steelers fans are, are maybe getting a little bit 
too excited now. A, a win over the Saints does feel exciting, but this is the Andy Dalton, Dennis Allen Saints. It's different, yeah. just different animal than the Saints were used to. Yeah. Uh, but the TJ Watt effect, I think, is why fans just can't help themselves, Kurt, because oh, yeah. when when he plays, it's just a different product, right? I'm reading from Steelers Wire. Steelers are two and zero and allowed 15 points per game now with Watt in the lineup. Those two games. In the seven games he missed, the Steelers were one and six and allowed twenty five point three points per game. It's a ten point difference. Ten point difference yeah, Kurt, on average. Sacks, and look at look at sacks and turnovers. I mean, oh, they man. had more, they've had more sacks in the two games Watts played in, than in the all the others combined. I mean, that's it, you know I said it and I I stand by this. I don't think there's a more valuable non quarterback in the league than TJ Watt to their team. I, I don't think there's a I think if you take Aaron Donald off the, the Rams defense, I mean, the Rams defense is kind of underperformed even with him in the lineup this year. And so I, I don't think there's a non-quarterback in the league that's more valuable their roster than T.J. Watt is to the Steelers. I mean, I said that when he got hurt, he got to be a special player, you know, to have that, that, that the, the whole team just is so dependent on you. But I get why Steelers fans are so excited. I mean, last week's game was throwback Steelers football. You know, you run the ball down the other team's throat. You play hard-nosed defense. You create turnovers. You sack the quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of fans um, that that remember when that's the only way the Steelers won. You know, there was no high-flying offense and 300-yard passing games and things like that. So I get it. But, yeah, I mean, you, you had to look at Saturday. You know, the, the team has to deactivate Minka Fitzpatrick because he has to have an appendectomy. Insane. And you think, oh, man, what are you going to do? You know, and a killer Witherspoon was ruled out. You're missing two starters in the secondary. Um, and in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking, it's not going to matter because T.J. Watt's coming back. He makes everybody better. And, and he did. You know, he, he, he elevates the play of everybody around him. I mean, nobody wanted him back more than Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith got two more sacks on Sunday. You know, he got three sacks in week one. I mean, there's, there's no player that's going to reap the rewards of having 90 on the field more than Alex Highsmith will. Yeah, Highsmith's going to make all his money thanks to T.J. Watt. Just yeah. please stay healthy. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, T.J. Watt, it's it's just amazing what he does for the team. Uh, all three phases, everyone, doesn't matter who's injured, as long as Watt's in the game, it's a different animal. Uh, now, yeah. one thing you want to cover here, Kurt, so I want to give you the floor again here. Uh, you know, you look at Kenny Pickett's game, it doesn't look that bad. He rushed for a touchdown, right? He was part of that really good rushing attack. The Steelers rushed for over 200 yards in this ball game, as you kind of mentioned there. Pickett was was involved in that heavily. Uh, didn't turn it over, so it wasn't like Pickett had a horrible game or anything. But you are kind of getting to the point where you don't think Kenny Pickett's playing good enough football uh, to kind of be a quarterback that's going to lead the Steelers to relevance. Go ahead and take the floor well, and tell me why. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think this season. I think if you're looking at the, the Steelers this season as wanting to, whatever your goal may be, or, or if you're a fan that feels like I, as long as they finish above 500, so Mike Tomlin's streak stays intact, awesome. I, I've had a lot of fans reach out to me and go, it, it'll be a successful year if they can finish above 500. I agree. At, the, at this point, if they could somehow figure out a way to finish above 500, I think it'd be tremendous. But I think at this point in the season, with all the talent around him, I'd like to see more efficient passing from Kenny Pickett. I, I would like to see, you know, on, on Sunday, 
he threw some bad passes. I mean, he, he threw some bad balls and I've, I've always been one to point out when the receivers drop a pass or, you know, whatever the case may be. But in, in this case, Pickett, Pickett just had some, some really off throws. I know he was under constant pressure. I think the Saints sacked him six times. I mean, he had to be, he had to be seeing shadows at some point from all the pressure that he was under. And so you have to, you have to give him a little bit for that. But I think some of those sacks were his. I think some of those sacks were on him. You know, I think he was concerned about turning the football over. So he held on to it a little longer, tucked it, took the hit. I think that's also why he had a good day running the ball. I think he, he decided instead of forcing a throw that could turn into an interception, I'm going to take off downfield. And I think that it was great that he was able to, you know, to impact the game, you know, rushing for 51 yards. Um, that's what he was advertised as. You know, that was the, that was the thing in a, in a class with several really athletic rookie quarterbacks and a lot of people lobbying for one of the other more athletic quarterbacks. You know, the thought was Pickett's athletic enough to, to do these sorts of things. And he, he showed that on Sunday without a doubt, but you know, six yards per attempt is still really low for the NFL. He took some shots downfield. They were way off the mark. Um, he had a couple that he connected on. Um, I, I think that when you look at the schedule and you've got Joe Burrow, you've got two games against Lamar Jackson coming up. Um, you've got a game likely last week of the season that's going to be Deshaun Watson. You know, there, there's some good quarterbacks still on the on the schedule. Um, I think Derek Carr is probably better than his team has played. Um, I really want to see – What's going to happen if, if it's necessary for Pickett to throw the ball? And like I said, I have no, I have no misconceptions that this is a playoff contender or Super Bowl contender, but I would like to see, you know, what's going to happen in a shootout when he has to put the ball in the air. Because what we've seen so far this season, I just don't feel like he's much better today than he was when he came in for Mitch Trubisky early in the season. And I, I think there should be some development at this point. So I like they had it in complete control all the way, Kurt, right? They scored 10 points in the fourth yeah. quarter. <laughs> so, yeah. you, know, yeah. uh, you, you know, the offense had to make plays in that fourth quarter. They had to run the clock out at the end. Defense definitely helped. Uh, Andy Dalton definitely helped. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think we can't ignore that. Pickett's not playing um, excellent football. It's, it's not horrible. He is a rookie, but um, there's room for growth there for sure. Uh, yeah. Another topic I wanted to get to. Did the Steelers feel the need to rally around Najee Harris? Now, some of the comments after the game, the Steelers, especially Kenny Pickett, that they made, I found interesting. I'm going to throw that at Kurt here coming up next. But first, let's set our fantasy lineups with the huddle.com. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 11. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones versus the Detroit Lions. Jones isn't an option for the faint of heart. He has 20 or more fantasy points in two of the last three games, but just 10.8 sandwiched in between. Jones' role has been mostly that of a game manager in 2022, and he's thrown zero touchdown passes in four of nine contests. This week, trust them versus Detroit's laughable defense of the position. No team has given up more fantasy points on the year, and much of the success is due to four rushing touchdowns allowed. This profiles well for a gamble on Jones in a week in which three viable starting quarterbacks are on by. 
Sly. Running back Isaiah Pacheco at Los Angeles Chargers. We saw him take over the backfield last week with 16 carries, but he has no role as a receiver, which makes him a risky play when facing a tough ground matchup. Luckily, this isn't one of them. LA has allowed the second most rushing yards per game since week 5, and a touchdown every 22 attempts is the 7th highest frequency. Barring something freaky happening, the rookie should be a strong fantasy play as LA looks to contend with all of the weapons in KC's powerful offense. Wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones at Buffalo Bills. He has quietly emerged as one of the best PPR number 3 receiving options in fantasy over the last 6 weeks. Peoples-Jones has logged at least 9 PPR points in 3 of those contests, and he has more than 11 fantasy points in 4 straight. It's fair to assume that the attention paid to Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper will work in concert with a likely pass-heavy script from Cleveland to get Peoples-Jones into double figures yet again. Don't be scared off by the name of Buffalo. This defense has yielded the 4th most yards per game to wide receivers since week 5, and only 5 defenses have allowed receivers to score at a higher clip. New York Jets tight end Tyler Conklin at New England. In the Week 8 Patriots win, Conklin racked up a pair of touchdowns on six catches for 79 yards. New England has struggled to contain the position all year, and it shouldn't come as a surprise if Conklin once again finds the end zone. Even still, Conklin is a fringe fantasy play in most formats, but deserves a lineup spot for those desperate to wager on another touchdown. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back on the topic of Najee Harris, Kurt. He's taken some heat recently from some NFL analysts, and you've been among the more critical, uh, you know, analysts on Harris on Steelers Wire. You've been you've been calling for more, more Jalen Warren for about a month, right? Finally, Mike Tomlin listened <laughs> up. He finally listened, he finally read your stuff on Steelers Wire and said, "Yeah, uh, Warren has earned himself more run." Uh, but you've been on that. You've been you've been calling for this for a while, so I know you're yeah. not. You can't be surprised, but. It would appear to me, just you know, reading through the tea leaves, listening, you know, going through some of the post game stuff, it would appear that Najee's kind of heard the noise and is responding, maybe in the correct way. I want to get your take on it. Like, definitely, Kenny Pickett's comments after the game were interesting to me. Uh, he was asked about Najee Harris's thirty uh, six yard run in the first quarter. It was you know best run of the year for for Najee Harris. He's been having a hard time getting going, obviously. Uh, and Pickett says, "quote." That play really sparked the offense. We were getting behind Najee and felt great with how he's been practicing and everything. He came to the game with a lot of confidence. It showed. So doesn't that make it sound like they've been trying to pick him up? Like maybe he's been down. I know, you know, it it sounds like he's been kind of fighting the, you know, the Steelers want to let Warren have more touches and you can't ignore that he's producing more yardage per touch. It just happened. It's just just Mm -hmm. plain to see Jalen Warren. You got to give him the ball because he's, He's producing more. He did in this game as well. Uh, it sounds like Harris, he's been kind of fighting that. He wants that bell cow role. He wants to be the guy. He wants to take as many touches as he did last year, whatever. It sounds like he's starting to ease that back a little bit. He's starting to be more open to a two-headed monster. And I think the rushing attack yeah. definitely uh, looked better against the Saints, who, uh, you know, their defense isn't great. They've let up a lot of big plays this year. But the rushing attack looked better. And maybe it's Najee Harris kind of being down but responding in the right way, Kurt? What do you think about this whole situation? You know, I, I thought it was 
it was great to see the fact that you could tell over the bye week, Harris looked at film. He he looked at what where he was where he was having problems, and he ran like the back that we saw at Alabama. You know, we even last season we didn't see him make that one cut and go and run behind his pads like he did on Sunday. I thought it was great. I and I have been I've been critical of Najee Harris all season. I've been on the Jalen Warren bandwagon longer than anybody. But I'll tell you what that that 99 yards and that 36 yard run that cutback. That that run is there for him a half a dozen times a game, and this was the first game where I saw him take it. And I, it's, it, you know, that that can only come from study. He he's he's had to accept the fact that that you know he he had to adjust some of what he does because frankly the offensive line wasn't great. I mean, the offensive line didn't have their best game. I mean, they rushed for 217 yards. But a lot of that was on the skill players. It was not on on the offensive line. They they didn't have their best game, but it it was nice to see him you know use his vision and and not stop his feet and fewer jump cuts and you know getting upfield and just making himself you know a, a force to deal with. I mean, he, he with a head of steam. You know, when he's got momentum, he's as hard to tackle as any any back in the league. The problem is, is in the games before last Sunday, he was just being caught flat-footed so many times. Anybody's going to take him down. And so I thought it was great. I do agree with you. I do feel like the, the team was really going out of their way to uh, to sort of hype him after the game. You know, Pat Fryermuth said the same thing. He said, we run the when, – when Najee's run the football, we're a hell of an offense. I mean, that – you know, that's – to come out and say that, I mean, they wanted to make sure that he he was recognized and that he that they understand how important he is to the offense because he has the potential to be a very good running back. I mean, I, he has the potential to be a, an exceptional running back, but he's a better back with Jalen Warren in the mix. And even Harris said as much when he said that, you know, he's talked to the team, he wants to be here long term. Um, and he said that at this point in his career, he is happy that Warren is out there getting carried. I think he looked back at last season, and it sounded great. I know at the start of training camp, he said if he's got to carry the ball more this season than he did last season for the team to win, he'll do that. But I think the, the his that was speaking through his heart a little bit. But I think he realizes that you know a 60-40 split with Jalen Warren, and we rush for over 200 yards and five yards per carry – and the team wins, that's probably more important than him carrying, touching the ball 25 or 30 times a game. Um, you know, what we've, what we've seen, one of the big changes we've seen is, is he's become a complete non-factor in the passing game because of Jalen Warren. Warren's a much better receiver and, and runner as, as a receiver. Um, you know, I, I think Harris was only targeted once last week and didn't even have a catch. You know, and, and he, a lot of his touches, a lot of his, statistics last season were as a receiver and you just we're just not seeing that this year and I think that's good for him if the team can still move the football without him having to be a receiver too um, that's going to extend his career and he, he's got to got to like that but I think this is a, a you know he and another thing that Najee Harris said after the game when they you know they asked him the reporters asked him you know what do you attribute this this improvement to and he said that over the bye week, you know, they, they talked about cha- kind of changing the team culture. 
Um, I speculate a little bit what that meant, maybe taking a little more professional approach to preparation. Um, whatever the case may be, it, it definitely worked. Um, we'll see if it works again this week. We'll, we'll know, you know, where those changes um, are those changes going to stick? We'll, we'll find out this week against Cincinnati. 100%. Yeah. I just think there's, there's no denying there's something going on with Najee during the bye week and his teammates are trying to pick him up again. Kenny Pickett, we were getting behind Najee felt great with how he's been practicing and everything. So Friar Muth, you mentioned uh, Kurt, I think uh, Jalen Warren said something like that. He looks up to Harris and he, you know, he's mm-hmm. a role model or something. And he said, uh, you know, that he just wants to, you know, help him out and give him a break here and there. But th- that's not really, that's not telling the whole story because yeah. as you wrote on Steelers wire, Jalen Warren isn't going anywhere anytime soon, right? You you mentioned he was very good in the passing game in this one, 77 yards on 12 touches. So while Najee Harris had his best game, 99 yards on 20 touches, all rushes. You're right. He didn't catch a pass. Uh, Warren, 77 yards on 12 touches. You can't deny that he's gaining yards for the team and he's fresh and he's eager. He's an undrafted guy, right? Uh, he's easy to get behind. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, I mean, I'm sure Najee Harris feels all that. Like it's, it's, it's easy for fans to get on board with an undrafted free agent who starts like producing and just is out there sure. all heart and soul. Right. But Warren's not yeah. going anywhere. So Najee Harris better yeah. be embracing it. And he is. And that's a good sign. I mean, they had them both on the field, you know, about a half a dozen plays last yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I love to see that. You know, that's great. I mean, give give the defenses more to think about. I think it plays more into Matt Canada's strength. I think, you know, I mean, the, the team generated four runs of 20 yards or more last week. They hadn't had a 20-yard run all year. And they found a way to get four of them last week. And so I think this really plays into Matt Canada's strength. Um, he keeps this up, you know, even the most – diehard Steelers fans aren't going to be able to call for his job. And so he, he's got to be happy about this idea too, but ultimately it came from Mike Tomlin. I mean, he's the Mike Tomlin has been stubborn about the idea of one back, you know, going back to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he ran, he ran the wheels off Le'Veon Bell, even when he had D'Angelo Williams and other guys to come out there and play, he refused. And, I think I think it's a good show, showing that that Mike Tomlin recognizes that this team's better when when those guys are are both both getting touches. Yeah, it says a lot about Jalen Warren. Good for that kid. He's, oh, he's worked his ass off, and he, he's he's hey, playing good football for him. And he's a good player in college. I mean, that's the thing. He was highly productive at Oklahoma State. I mean, I being a being a guy lives here in the Midwest. I mean, and I'm an OU guy, so I've I've watched Jalen Warren play. There's no doubt he's got talent. Um. Why he didn't go, why he went undrafted, I think is just as much to do with the fact that how the NFL kind of devalues the running back yeah, position. But, definitely. Um, he, he was productive. He can play. I mean, there's no doubt. So I'm, I'm glad he's gotten an opportunity to, to kind of showcase his skills. He's a great compliment to, to Najee Harris. Yeah, it's not like he, you know, was playing at South Dakota State or something in one of these smaller no, schools. No. He was playing, he was playing real football. Uh, yeah, Jalen Warren, he's a good story. Uh, I think the Najee Harris response, Good story. Just a, a good overall win for the Steelers. Now can they stack it? They have an AFC North showdown this week with Cincinnati. Poor poor Joe Burrow, Kurt. He's got to be like, what, TJ Watts back? What? He missed all those games. We got to play him again. Uh, just so in time. Just in time to torment Joe Burrow once again. That week one game was kind of fun for Steelers fans. We'll see how this one goes. We'll, we'll be breaking that one down here coming up next. 
All right, we're back. The Steelers hosting Cincinnati as five-point underdogs. Watt and the Steelers definitely tormented Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Five turnovers in the week one meeting, Kurt. So how do you see this one going down? Uh, the Bengals, uh, we said it earlier, they got blasted by the Browns. They, they've they been a tough team to gauge. And it's yeah. hard to gauge how they're going to play against the uh, Steelers in this meeting too, isn't it? I, it is because, you know, I've watched quite a bit of the Bengals since that first first week. Um, I don't know that they're a better team than they were in week one. They played better some weeks, but I'd say overall their body of work is, is not incredibly impressive despite having a better record than Pittsburgh at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, their, their offensive line, I think is kind of their, their big, um, big negative, you know, their offensive line still struggling quite a bit. And it was, it struggled in week one, you know, Alex Highsmith had three sacks. TJ Watt just, just hounded Joe Burrow. And now, now he's going to get another dose of it, you know, and I don't think their offensive line is any better prepared to, to deal with him, especially when TJ Watt has had seven weeks to rent. You know, he looked so fresh out there last week that, and, and he was kind of on a pitch count. I think he only played about 70% of the defensive snaps. So he'll be, he'll be full, full go this week for Joe Burrow. And I just, I don't, I don't see the Bengals having a real answer for that unless they can get the run game going. I, I think that's about their only their only hope is if they can get get the run game going early, slow those guys down off the edges a little bit. Um, but it was just like against New Orleans, you know, Alvin Kamara is a great running back, but if he can't get going and you become one dimensional, Pittsburgh's just going to tee off on you, and that's exactly what they're going to try to do again. They're going to try to stop mixing early, force. Joe Burrow to have to stand back there and throw the ball. And then they're just going to, they're going to go after it. You know, they're going to blitz. Um, and, and it's going to, it's going to be up to, up to Cincinnati to figure out a way to manufacture points because honestly, I don't think they're going to have to score 30. I mean, they scored 30 each of their last four games, but I don't think they'd have to score 30 to win this week um, because I'm not sure where Pittsburgh's points are going to come from. But yeah, I think that, Defensively, Pittsburgh's going to have a, a another good matchup that really favors them. Um, you know, because like I said, I, Cincinnati's offensive line still just kind of a wreck. I, I don't know what they're it – seems, it seems like they brought some guys in and tried to make some moves before the season, but it just it's sort of like Pittsburgh. It really hasn't panned out for them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing T.J. Watt go after him again. Poor Joe Burrow. Poor Joe. He doesn't want, yeah. he doesn't want that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting, the matchup with – um, the Bengals run game, as you were you were talking about there, it is interesting because the Bengals now it doesn't seem that way. Thinking about that that game before the bye week, where uh, Cincinnati just roasted the Panthers, and Mixon had that five touchdown just blow up, mm-hmm. you know, where he was just they were getting anything they wanted, passing it to him, running it, he was amazing. But it, it hasn't been that way with their run game all year. I think they've really struggled to run the ball for the most part. So, uh, you know, but the Bengals are coming off a bye. So that's another thing. They they should be a little yeah. bit healthier. Uh, but what mm-hmm. what do you think? Are you taking the points here, Kurt? It sounds like you might be leaning Steelers at plus five here. I am. I am for sure. I think that. I think this is a. I think it's a winnable game. I really do. I mean, I know it went the first game went to overtime, and early in the season, you can't you know account for teams have a little rust, and 
you know, needing needing to work out some of the some of the new pieces and things like that. But Pittsburgh was in the same boat. Brand new quarterback, you know, two new starting three new starting offensive linemen from the year before, you know, so everybody has to deal with that. And they came out and they were more physical. And I think that's probably when you look at last week compared to this week, I think that's what you really look at from Pittsburgh is both sides of the ball, they were pretty physical. And we hadn't seen that a lot this year. And so I think I, I definitely would take the points, but I, I think Pittsburgh got a real good shot to win this game. All right. Maybe look at the money line as well. I, I think the Bengals are an interesting team. They've beaten up on the AFC South, uh, NFC South. I'm sorry. Saints, Falcons, Panthers. They won all three of those games. They've struggled in the division. Obviously they lost to Pittsburgh early in the year. They also lost to the Ravens and they lost to the Browns. They got blown out by the Browns in Cleveland. So the Bengals, they come back down to earth in these division games. You, you can't, Five points is a lot to, to give the Steelers at home. So I'm with you. I'm, yeah. I'm leaning Steelers. I'm taking the points. I'm not sure if I'm going money line, but that's that, that's it. I'll, I'll have to look at that, Kurt. But, you know, this could could come down to a field goal. Who knows? But five points is a lot. It's a lot to give the Steelers when they have TJ Watt back. I'll take the points. I'll take the points for exactly. sure. I can't, I can't exactly. get week one out of my head. Uh, what's going on Steelers Wire here? What are you guys working on between now and kickoff? A lot of preview in this ballgame? lot. I, it's going to be really interesting because, you know, tomorrow, the, the meat of it, everybody gets back to work tomorrow. Um, Steelers got a lot of guys dinged up. You know, we've got to, got to keep a close track of, you know, Miles Jack was active last week, but didn't play a snap with his knee injury. We'll see where he's at. I think Robert Spillane did a good job filling in for him, but I, you know, that'll be one to watch. Um, is Killa Witherspoon going to play? Is, is William Jackson, you know, he's out for several weeks. You know, they trade for him and now he's already going to get shelved for a few weeks and not be able to play. And, you know, that's a whole, whole nother, another situation Pittsburgh's going to have to deal with. Um, I think another thing to really keep a close eye on this week is the kicking situation. You know, we didn't even talk about how bad Matthew Wright was last week filling in for Chris Boswell. It's not good. He, 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 called, he called it the worst game of his career at any level. Um, and he's probably right. You know, he missed two easy ones. Um, you know, the Steelers cut Nick Skiba to, to bring him in to replace Chris Boswell. And, uh, he didn't, he didn't come through. Luckily that, that didn't, didn't affect the outcome of the game, but, um, keeping, keeping a close eye on, on Matthew Wright and what we hear out of practice from him this week is going to be pretty big too. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good take. I'm glad you brought that up. I usually don't go kicker. Kurt, unless I have yeah. to, I have to. So the, the Steelers yeah, did a right. good job of, of just, you know, making that be a footnote. Uh, but you're right. If that was, if that was the ball game, oh boy, we might've spent uh, the whole segment on the kicker uh, in the show. Yeah. Thank God we didn't do it. Uh, but yeah, for Kurt Pope joy, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you're checking out Steelers wire again. I mean, people are talking about the Najee Harris stuff and, uh, Jalen Warren. Now, Kurt, was he's been doing that for a month on Steelers Wire, and he's been yeah. talking about it here on the show. So you got to check that stuff out. Always good stuff on the Steelers Wire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Hopefully you're subscribing and telling friends for us and even rating it for us. We appreciate all that feedback. And, uh, yeah, Kurt and I will be back next week after Steelers Bengals. Looking forward to it. We'll catch you all then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.